On this episode of Starting a Business Simplified, I have guest speaker Jessica Milheiser. She is a business consultant that brings people back to the fundamentals. She helps business owners and entrepreneurs get better organized, more focused, and prepared for internal growth. We have a beautiful conversation about your business identity when you get started as a business owner, and she gives tips on how to stay organized and focused when you are starting a new business. Hello, and welcome to Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift, a podcast for those of you looking to transition from a medical career to starting an online business. I will be sharing how to get started, success stories, and more. If you are looking to make the move from medicine to online, but don't know where to start, or have a business, but are looking for business tips and encouragement on your journey, this is the podcast for you. I'm Susie Rains, your host, and I look forward to helping you simplify starting a business. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Susie. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. But before we jump into that, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about who you are and how you got started in your business. Sure. Basically, what I do is I help women in business get back to the fundamentals of running their business. So thinking about their internal systems, their internal processes, their internal procedures, getting what's in your head down on paper in a documented step-by-step way so that you can actually see what your workflow is and figure out how to streamline it, how to make it more consistent. I also help entrepreneurs grow their team. So if you're looking to bring on even a part-time assistant, I can help you with the hiring and training manual, employee handbook, all those things. So really just focusing on those internal operations. And I really got started kind of organically. I've been sort of in the administration, operations, and leadership roles pretty much all of my working life. So it was definitely a skill set that I had pretty innately. And then I was living in LA at the time, working as a director of operations. Then the pandemic happened. Then my husband got laid off. Then we ended up moving to Denver. And I was like, okay, how can I still make money in this crazy uncertain time? What can I do? Because I still was working with people in Los Angeles. So I had talked to the gal that I was working with and I was like, hey, how can we make this work? And she was like, let's still do it on a remote capacity. Maybe we move you into a consultant position instead. And then one of her gals broke off and started her own business. And she reached out and was like, Jess, I'm doing this thing. I'm going off on my own. I need your help because I have no idea how to start or run a business. And so I was like, oh, there could be something here. This could be a thing. So I kind of just started with those two gals for 2021. And then I started more traction. I started to get more interest. And in 2022, I got my LC and made it official because I was like, I think there's something here. I think this is a need. I think this is a service that people want. And let me just kind of roll with it and see what happens. So kind of came about very organically, but I'm so glad that I took that leap because it's really scary going off on your own at first. And like, will this work? Can I make enough money? Is this a thing? So I'm proud of myself for taking the leap and rolling with it. Yeah, I love the fact that you just started doing what was coming naturally. You took the Mm -hmm. experience that you had, and that's such a big thing 
that I talk about a lot and I work with my clients on, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more today with business identity, but really knowing all of the things that you bring to the world that you've learned in the course of your lifetime, all of that's valuable and is helpful. And what I love is that you are finding what it is that people needed. And that's the second piece. It's like, okay, I have these all of these things that I know how to do and experience and valuable things I can share with the world. Now, mm-hmm. what does the world need? And something you said, if you want to touch on this, really, you didn't do your LC right away. And I know I get a lot of people that are like, yes, I want to start a business. I'm going to go get my LC. And they, and then they're like, but I'm not really sure what I should do or how I should do it. And like, it's putting mm-hmm. the cart before the horse. Can you explain a little bit kind of that process of, and and you and I probably agree on this. I'm a sole proprietor. I have not met, went into my LC yet. And that's a choice. It's like, it's okay to do that. Would yeah. you mind talking about that a little bit more? <laughs> of course. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was working with the two businesses in 2021. And I really kind of wanted to just take a little bit of time to figure out if A, do I like doing this work? B, is it something that can work and or is sustainable? And C, you know, do I really want to go all in? Because I was like, if this isn't going to work, if I need to pivot, I need to kind of find that out. So I really kind of gave myself nine or 12 months to kind of get a feel for the flow, get a feel for that type of work and if I liked doing it. And then by the time January 22 came around, I was like, I've been doing this for about a year. This feels really good. This feels really solid. This feels like this is something that could work. So I'm going to go all in and get my LC as a sole proprietor because it is just me and really just dedicate. Because what I did in the beginning was I'm going to get my LLC and then I'm going to dedicate two years to being all in. I'm going to show up. I'm going to network. I'm going to join business groups. I'm going to market. I'm going to do the social media content. I'm going to try to attract clients. I'm going to grow and learn as much as I can so that at the end of the two-year period, I can look back and be like, is this working? Is this right? Does this still make sense? And then either continue on if it is, or be like, I literally did everything I could. I'm not sure it's working for me right now. I need to pivot. So that was kind of what my mindset behind that was when I decided to get my LLC. That's a awesome way to look at it because, and I love that you said two years because I know, and I did this and I, we all know that nothing happens like immediately, but we live in a world where mm-hmm. everything happens immediately. <laughs> and so just slow to be, grind. Yeah. It's like, let's encourage the listeners. Guess what? Give yourself years. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. to say this is going to evolve over a course of years. Now, not mm-hmm. 20 years. And actually that's not right. true because businesses grow in that time. But that first starter period is not a month or two months. No. Oh my gosh. Because you have so much to figure out. Like, what am I actually doing? Who am I actually serving? How much am I charging for everything? Where am I going? What am I hoping to achieve? Like, there's so many things that you really need to sit with and figure out. And that in and of itself takes probably a year, really, I didn't really start feeling comfortable with all of those nitty gritty details until year two. Like once I started my year two, I was like, okay, great. I know who I serve. I know how I serve. I know how I help. I know that I'm charging. I feel really good about my messaging. And that was about after a year of really putting in some solid effort. I agree with you. And that's where I'm at right now. That's exactly what I did. 
I'm starting year two and I'm like, I know exactly what I want to say. I know who I'm talking to. I know what it is that I offer. I know all, I have the answers to all those things because that first year is really figuring that out. Mm -hmm. To segue into our topic, this is a perfect way to get into what is business identity and mm -hmm. what are some things that people need to do in order to establish that? Yeah, so this is something that I'm finding I really love working with people on and I really love teaching because I'm finding that it's something that is often overlooked and it's really important to how you are planning to grow your business, how you're planning to expand your business. So to me, what I teach essentially is your business identity is your North Star. Every single thing that you do comes from your business identity. And what that means is who you are, what you're about, where you're going, how you're showing up in the world, how you're serving and helping others, and ultimately what you're hoping to achieve. So really sitting down and thinking about, okay, and like, obviously underneath all that, it's mission, vision, values. Okay, but I like to approach it as more than that because we grow up and we hear like, oh, mission, vision, values, mission, vision, values. And I'm like, but the business identity is so much deeper than that. It's so much more than that. And I really like to tie it to success. Like what does success look like to you? Because it looks very different for every single person. So I think sitting down and getting really comfortable with what does success look like to me as an individual? And how is that going to align with my vision for my business? Yeah, I like that figuring out yourself first, mm -hmm. really what success looks like to you and that's digging deeper than how much money you want to make. It's so much Quality bigger than life. that. Yes. Quality of life. And that's tied to values. That is tied to your, like those things can be developed out of what your version of success looks like. It's something yeah. that, and that's something that, that's just figuring out who you are in the world and who mm -hmm. you want to present. The other thing that I know is important is figuring out who is it that you want to work with? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like who, is, who are your people? Yeah. So kind of stemming. So part of the work of doing the business identity, like taking some time and really thinking about who are you? Who am I? And I feel like as a business owner, your personal and professional belief are going to be very tied together because owning a business is very personal. This is your baby. This is, you know, what your passion is. So really getting comfortable with who you are and that also dovetails into what are you about? What matters to you? What do you care about? And how do you want to be showing up in the world? And that is important because once you have a solid understanding of those things, you will start just naturally pushing that out. You will start naturally emanating. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I care about. And then that will start attracting the right kinds of people to you. So really getting comfortable with that piece of who you are, feeling super authentic, super genuine, super like, yes, this is me. I love it. And then that energy will radiate and you'll start pulling in the people that you're looking to attract. And part of that is A, figuring out what are you actually trying to do and how are you actually trying to serve? And then you'll start kind of resonating with those types of people because your messaging will become that much clearer. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking through everything that you said and I'm lining it up in my head for me. So we can use Mm -hmm. me as an example because I just went through this the beginning of this year. About, it took me nine months. For those of Mm -hmm. you listening, again, it takes time. (laughs) It took me nine months to really figure out every single component of what you just said. There's a lot Mm -hmm. in there that goes into figuring out your identity. And I had pieces, but I didn't have Mm -hmm. everything. And they Mm -hmm. all lined up the beginning of this year and that's why I shifted. And for those of you that that have listened to my beginning podcast, I was talking specifically to just women entrepreneurs, but that wasn't me. Like I had to figure out me. And when I figured out me, I was like, you know what? I'm a medical professional. That's like in my, that's in my DNA. I love helping mm-hmm. people. I love medicine. I love sciences. I love healing and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that go into taking care of somebody physically, mentally, emotionally, like all of those things. It's all really, and I've been that way since I was a kid, even before I worked in medicine. And I thought, you know, my business, I need to work with my people and that, and that's who I am. And so I shifted because I was like, I understand where these people are coming from when they're working in a medical position and they want to do something different, or maybe they have to, something's going on where they have to shift and they don't have a choice. That was my, I kind of had a choice, but kind of not in my situation. And so once I figured that out, my messaging was like so easy. Yes. And I want to just touch on what you said. Like you love working in the medical field. You love helping others in this way. So I think really the key for everyone out there is figure out what you love to do. What are you passionate about? What do you care about? How do you enjoy? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And then how can you maybe turn that into a service for others. And I think that's really the sweet spot is like understanding what your innate skill set is, understanding what you're passionate about, what you love to do, and then figuring out how that can be made relatable and then in turn help others on there. So I lo- I've seen your I've seen your transition over the last few months. It's been really cool and your messaging has gotten so much clearer. And again, in turn, that will help bring the people to you that really need your help. Yeah. And I know there's, and maybe we can have a little conversation about this because it's out there about there's two camps, there's niche down and stay broad, you know, when you start, when you're just starting out. But I think that there is a gray area in there. I think there's a happy medium and I can only speak to myself and how I was able to reconcile this in my head. So For those people who are brand new to business and they're like, what's a niche? I don't understand. Do you want to take that one and like explain a little bit what we're talking about with niching down versus staying broad? Yeah. And I think I would agree that there is kind of a gray zone because when I first started, I was probably doing more than what I really wanted to be doing. I was serving clients in a way that I was like, "Eh, I'm doing it because I really need the money. And A, I'm good at this and can help in this way, but I don't love doing it. So. In the first, I would say six or 12 months, it is totally fine to be in that space because at the end of the day, you have financial, you know, numbers that you need hitting and you need to be surviving. So I think that's fine. But I think along that period, I am of the camp that if you niche down, that will be better because then you are very focused. You will be very good at this thing that you do. And when you talk to people, whether it's referral partners, power partners, friends, family, whatever, and you're like, this is what I do. 
and get really clear, really concise, really specific. I help people in this specific way. They're going to know exactly who to send to you. And they're going to be out there in the world, having conversations, meeting other people. And they're going to be like, oh, you need help with this? You absolutely need to talk to Susie because she does exactly that thing. So I think over time, this isn't going to be something that you're going to get to right away. It's probably going to take a little time to figure out, I like doing this. I don't like doing that. I don't want this. I want to do this. That takes a little time and that's fine. But start to really think about that for you so that maybe after year one, you've been able to niche down and are like, I really like doing this one or two things. This is how I want to help. And then your messaging, again, your messaging will get clearer and people will know, oh, I need to go to for this. Oh, you need to go to for this because she does this really well. So I think niche, I think niche is better. Long story short. I know. And I go back and, you know, I go back and I think when I first did it and I, there's different levels of niching. So it's, you have your people target, like who it is that you talk to and who you want to serve. And then you also have what it is that you do. And I think that people get confused with those two things. And they may be, I'm going to use a virtual assistant, for example, just because they have such a huge plethora of things that they can do. If you say I'm a virtual assistant, I work with new entrepreneurs and I do Mm -hmm. 10 different things. That's going to be really hard to manage and to message. But if you mm-hmm. say, I'm a virtual assistant and I work with women entrepreneurs who work in a service-based business, okay, now we've yeah. at least given it a little bit of parameters. And all I do is their document filing systems and just get like really clear on like, for me, I do business planning. That's it. That's what I do. But guess what? If I want to add something later, that's not a problem. And then I talk to Jessica and I'm like, okay, how do I add that to my operations? Well, this is what you need for that. (laughs) And I do want to touch on that because there's a good resource. I read this book in college. It's called Raving Fan. I think it's by Ken, Ken Sholand or something like that. Ken Blanchard. I think it's Ken Blanchard. It's Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. It's very short. It's a very easy read, but it's really all about being really good at one or two things so that you end up having raving fans out in the world, you know, talking about you and your business. And then once you get really good at that one or two things, you can then start to very slowly add to it if you want, but keep it contained keep it really good because ultimately your quality of work will speak for itself. So if you're really good at one or two things, focus there, start there, and then you can grow. Yeah, I love that. And I love how how you explained that you're going to get, your quality is going to be, it's going to start getting better and better. You're going to learn and grow and know better ways to do what you're already doing. And that makes your quality go up, which makes more people want to recommend you. They have a better experience. That's something that I cover in your business plan is mapping out your client experience. Exactly what do you want your clients to feel and how you want them to be and what do you want them to say about you? And all those things come from that, from really knowing what you do really well and being really good at it. Yep. Yep. 100%. I love all of that. This is such a good conversation. (laughs) I know. It's so good. I love it so much. Well, before before we we close things down, what is something that the listeners could take away from this conversation? What's an action step that they could actually do that pertains to this getting their business idea started? Because we have a lot of listeners that I'm sure 
maybe they're just thinking about maybe doing a business mm-hmm. and they're, they're mm-hmm. like, I have no idea. And then we have people who, like me, I was in that nine month period figuring mm-hmm. these things out and I did it on my own. So I didn't have you, I didn't know you at the time. Otherwise I would have been like, Hey, you want to help me with my business? <laughs> yeah. So um, I did it on my own and now here I am. So I'm so glad you're here because we can recommend you to people that, so they don't have to go through as much as I had to go through. Totally. Yeah. And this, I, like I said, this is a service that I offer and I really love this work, but if you're just getting started, if you're not ready to kind of really go down this road yet, one thing that you can do is you can find a quiet space. Make sure that it is distraction-free. So no animals, no kids, no TV, no phone dings. Like turn everything off and just really be focused in the zone and calm. And just think to yourself a few different things. So what does success look like to you? Really, truly, honestly, what does that look like to you? What kind of quality of life? Maybe it's money. Maybe it's time. Whatever that looks like for you. And then think about this business that you're either just starting or thinking about starting and think about what are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to accomplish? Why this business and why you? So that's just kind of, I want you to think of it sort of as like a meditative session, but also like a journaling brain dump because you want to just get everything out on paper. And I am a big fan of not just type of actually writing it down because that for me, really solidifies the thoughts and the feelings that I'm having. So I would recommend handwriting if you can, but just really start asking yourself those deep, those deeper questions. Like, who are you? What matters to you? How are you trying to show up? And like, why this business and why you? And how does what this does, how does this business help others? And then just start brain dumping and see what comes out of it. I love the pen and paper thing too. I'm a fan. For me, when I write things down, I my subconscious picks it up way stronger, I think, because there are times mm. when I will jot down things and I'll never look at them again, but I will be doing them. I'll go back later and maybe flip through some of my journaling. Totally. And I'm like, I'm doing all of these things and I just wrote yeah. them down like once and yeah. my brain just went, yep, that's what we're doing. So yeah. I we are manifesting, agree. putting the energy out there, putting, just opening up the space. Yeah. And I think there's, and I think it it still does work when you type, but I think there's a disconnect there in the neurotransmitters in your brain when you type, because typing is so automatic. I think it takes more for your brain to move your hand to actually write things out and it's slower. So it slows that process down versus Mm -hmm. typing where you can just like cruise and not even be thinking about what you're writing. Sort of on autopilot a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, I do both because I think sometimes if I turn on a timer, I like to turn on a timer, close everything down and just type mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. I can mm-hmm. get more out and things come up that I don't realize because I'm not struggling to write it. So you can yeah. try both. Sure. And I do both depending yeah. on what I'm see doing. What works for you. Again, see what works for you. Yeah. That's so helpful. Um, are there any other tips you can give people that are just starting out? I know you do you have some time management tools, things like that. What else would you like to share? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually recently created a productivity workbook because I was finding that a lot of the people that I worked with struggled with having a routine that allows them to better manage their time, focus on the priorities and actually feel more accomplished and productive at the end of each week. So it's on my website, jmilkconsulting.com backslash education. 
and it's called Master Your Week, a productivity workbook. And basically it touches on my three-step framework that I use every single week. So there's a Sunday evening prep to kind of take a look at the week ahead. What do you have coming up? Where do you have white space? And then there's some sheets for prioritizing. So I put that into three different categories. What are your musts? Like, what do you absolutely have to get done this week? What are your bonuses? What would you like to get done if you have more time? And what are some things that are maybe non-urgent, can be pushed? Those would go under push. And then I move into time blocking. So I will be the first to admit I am not 100% at the time blocking, but I always time block my must because those are the things that I know that I have to get done this week and that I put them on my calendar to make sure that I have space for them. Um, so the goal really of the workbook is to just help you develop a routine. I would ask if you do try it, give it a month, see how you feel, and then tweak the routine as needed so that it fits you. So yeah, yeah. I love it. I think it's super helpful. There's blank worksheets, there's checklists. Just really try to help you develop a routine for yourself. I love that. And you shared it with me and I, I got so much out of it and I customized it to the way that I work because like you said before, do what works for you and take mm -hmm. the tools that are out there and figure out how they work best with you. And it totally helped me create a routine. I'm so and glad. I know. I love working with you. It <laughs> helps to have someone on the outside looking in. Yes, it does. Because it's so easy to be in our own headspace that are like, well, this makes sense to me. But, you know, always a third, always a second set of eyes is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I did do a podcast episode on routine specifically nice. because of how helpful once I got it established, I realized how much time I have left over. Yes. No longer, it's scrambling. You're just like, oh, this is like what's on my schedule. And these are the things I have to do. And boom, there it is. It also forced me to do the things I don't like to do. So mm. when there are must haves on my list, they're not always fun. I do right. my own bookkeeping. True. I do my own bookkeeping for now. I don't want to do my own bookkeeping. I don't mind doing it, but it's not fun. It's not what I look forward to. But when mm. it shows up on my calendar, I know I have to do it. So yep. literally it, it makes my brain do some weird, it's okay, Susie, do bookkeeping now. Yeah. Because I, I would encourage, And I would encourage you if it's like one of those tasks that you really don't like to do, but you have to do, you could even set it up as like a time block for 30 minutes at a time. 60 minutes at a time, maybe. And like, maybe you're doing it a couple different times. So like, just get something on your calendar so that at least you're making some kind of progress on it. Yeah, small little goal setting is really good too. That's so helpful. Such a great conversation and so many great tips. For those of you listening, I really hope that you take away from this. Just really figuring out who you are and what, where you wanna be. What do you wanna do mm -hmm. in the world? Thanks so much, Jessica, for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. If anybody has any questions, I'm super active on LinkedIn and Instagram. My Instagram handle is emails underscore consulting. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Jessica Milheiser. I would love to connect and I would love to, you know, help you in whatever way you need. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that all the links are in the show notes for those of you listening. So you'll be able to follow Jessica and get any help that you might need. Thanks, Susie. You're welcome. And for the listeners out there, as always, keep it simple. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift. 
If you enjoyed this episode, then hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for you, so be sure to reach out and let me know what you thought about this episode. If you're not sure how to get started with your business, download a copy of the Starting a Business Simplified Guide. Click on the link in the show notes for your copy. 